2: I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? Working from home still, I see.
1: Yeah, well, I went in the office earlier today and then hurried back home since we've got the podcast set up at the house now, and so we can get a couple episodes done.
2: Well, hopefully we'll be back in the studio before long so we can get Sandy and Nancy and in and some of the other historical series podcasts we've got ready to tape, just... Can't social distance in the studio.
1: No, no. But this has actually worked out pretty well. I'm I'm pretty happy with the way this has gone. I have, too. At least we the know we can do it. but quality's
2: not quite the same, and it's not quite as fun.
1: Yeah, well, that is true.
2: Because we usually have a good time.
1: That is true. That is true.
2: <laughs> Whenever uh, we're taping.
1: <laughs> well, you've always said if we added wine, we'd have a whole lot more fun, so...
2: I uh, know. During this COVID crisis, I've only had one once since I stopped work.
1: Wow. Good for you. Good for you.
2: I uh, know. I know. I've been trying to lose some weight.
1: You know, I've heard a lot of people are having, uh, I guess, like Zoom parties and stuff where you, you mm-hmm. get on there and everybody, you know, has their alcoholic beverage and friends and kind of hanging out. Are you guys doing that?
2: We do. The Fab Four, we have a call about every other day, but... I'm not drinking wine on those,
1: Gotcha. but it's you. just
2: good to be with them, Yeah. even remotely. Actually, I'm talking to them more during this than I talk to them otherwise.
1: Well, you know, that's what I've heard a lot of people saying is that they're in touch with friends they haven't been in touch with for a while, even more than they were before because of this. So, you know, there is some good in some of this as well.
2: I absolutely agree.
1: Well, Sharon, you know, we started our, our financial series and we kinda changed it up a little bit, the format on the financial topics that we've been doing here. And you know, I started asking you a few questions. So I'm gonna ask you a question today.
2: Okay. You ready for this? I think
1: so. <laughs> so so Sharon, if if all the jobs you've had in your life paid, the same amount of money, and the same hours, what job would you want to have?
2: Oh, well, that's pretty easy. I would be a nurse anesthetist all over again.
1: Wow. You know, I have asked asked that question to a lot of CRNAs, and they all say the same thing.
2: Yeah, I absolutely would. And believe it or not, 88% of nurse anesthetists say the exact same thing. If given the opportunity and going back, and do their life over again, what would their career be? And 88% of them say they would choose the same career all over again. Now, wow. given the fact that I've been giving anesthesia 30 years, counting my my training and my education, now if I could do something and still make the same amount of money, I would go totally into... Advocacy and lobbying and working for us because I know how to give anesthesia. I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. But I still want to do something tangential to the profession to move us forward because the things that we're seeing happening now and being recognized for our value and what we do. I've been working towards this for 30 years and, you know, Sandy and Nancy and other pioneers were working long before that. And so if I could do that, that's what I would do now.
1: Yeah, well, that's great. Well, you know, kind of What be- about
2: you? Whoa, whoa, whoa now. <laughs> this is not fair. Uh, what about you?
1: You know, I I really, I've thought about this, you know, I, I kind of happenstanced into what I'm doing But I just wouldn't imagine doing anything different. Isn't that
2: interesting?
1: I mean, I really... You're a
2: numbers guy. You would still find some way to play with numbers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I love that side of it. I mean, I love the people side of it as well. I mean, you know, sometimes the emotional side can wear on you a little bit. But I've gotten better at being able to deal with that. And I'm talking about other people's emotion because obviously money is very emotional. But, yeah, I don't think I'd do anything different at all. Well,
2: it's pretty emotional right now during this COVID crisis, to be sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, not only is money emotional, you know, everything's emotional right now. This crisis has forced us to do things and act in ways that uh, were outside of the norm. And, you know, people are very resistant to change, no matter what kind of change it is. And this has just thrust people back into situations and environments that maybe they weren't that comfortable with in the beginning Mm, there you uh, go you know now i know i
2: I might get to go back to work pretty soon and so i told pierce today the maid's going to be going back to work you're going to have to start cleaning back up after yourself (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there, but there are people out there that, you know, really don't want to spend that much time with their spouses, and they're arguing more, and, you know, kids are in the mix, and not that people don't love their kids, but they don't want to spend every minute with them, and sure. so, um, you know, it's trying for a lot of people right now.
2: Actually, yeah. Pierce is not going to be happy whenever I go back to work. I think he has enjoyed this yeah, a lot.
1: yeah. Well, you know, maybe you can just retire and go to work with him every day, and uh, oh no, please, you and Peanut <laughs> could sit in the truck and, and wait on him. And no, you know. didn't you
2: see my Facebook <laughs> post this morning? I um, I was in the kitchen, and Pierce sat down and rubbed the dog, kissed the dog goodbye,
0: oh, and gosh. walked
2: right past me and didn't say a word.
0: Wow, I thought he had just
2: went out to his truck to put something in his truck, and he didn't come back. And I looked out. <laughs> He was gone.
1: (laughs) Jeez.
2: (laughs) Well, if my diet goes well and I get back down to six pounds like peanut is, I might be able to be the the love of Pierce's life again. (laughs) All right. Now, so you've also in your shake it up mode, come up with a quote. Of
1: the month. Yeah, so what's yeah. What's your quote? You know, I'm a big quote person anyway, but I thought this was interesting, especially given what we're going to talk about today. And this was a quote by Marlene Dietrich. Do you know who Marlene was, Sharon? She was a movie star. She was a movie right? star, I think in the early 1900s, I remember. So, um, no, I don't she, think,
2: yeah, maybe so. 30, <laughs> something like that.
1: Yeah. She said, There's a gigantic difference between earning a great deal of money and being rich amen to that Mm.
2: even though i've not really had a choice but you know it puts me in the mind of the world according to garp
1: robin williams yes yes
2: and you know he had everything money could buy but he wasn't happy and it just flabbergasted me i read an article and now i didn't check the source it may or may not have been true but in the article i read he was sitting down when he hung himself mm. and so all he had to do was lean back i guess
1: wow yeah well and so we i also- guess that's what she's
2: alluding to
1: yeah Yeah, well, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, and I'll I'll never forget this. I know we're getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but Tom Brady, you know, I think he had won four or five Super Bowls at the time, and 60 Minutes did an interview with Tom Brady, Mm -hmm. and they asked Tom Brady, you know, here, you know, you're multi-millionaire, you've won, I think, four or five Super Bowls. You're married to a beautiful supermodel. You have everything that you could ever want, and you know what's next for Tom Brady. And he thought about it for a second, and he said, "There's got to be something more."
2: Oh my! And
1: you know that that just struck me. I mean, very deeply. I mean, this is a man. I mean, obviously, he's still playing professional football in his forties. Got traded to Tampa Bay now you know, he's searching for something that money can't buy. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see people who have it all, you know, like Robin Williams or what we think is it all, money, fame, you know, beautiful spouse, you know, uh, a highfalutin lifestyle. And really is that all, you know, and I guess I would tell you that in 20 plus years of doing this, what I've found is the people that have it all, are the people who, not have it all financially, but they are happy in their situation. Whether it be they've got right. a million bucks, whether it be you know with their spouse and their kids, and but but they're happy in their situation. They're not out there wanting more. They're content. More. content. Yeah. You know.
2: Hmm. Well, there you have it. Hey, we had a well, question
1: this week yeah. too, didn't we?
2: Oh yeah. Let me read it. Okay. The question is from Phil in Ohio. The coronavirus scare has me convinced that the market will keep crashing again and again. I'm ready to move everything to cash right now. Is there any reason to wait?
1: Woo! Wow, what a deep question that is. They're wanting you to be the have the. Crystal here. ball there. Yeah. Well, the, you know, I guess the answer, and, you know, we deal with this, especially with our clients who are more seasoned, more than, you know, newer CRNAs who are just starting mm-hmm. out. But it really goes back to your plan. You know, what does your plan say? What do you need for retirement? how much money do you have how much is your plan say that you're going to be able to spend and you've got to you've really got to test those numbers we use a piece of software called monte carlo simulation analysis and i know that's a big mouthful and, and not that it's 100% the end all but it gives us a good projection on whether you've got enough money or not it looks mm-hmm. at good markets bad markets you know Good economies, bad economies, high inflation, low inflation. I mean, every scenario that it can think of, and it basically Mm -hmm. tests your particular situation. So I would just encourage Phil, number one, to have a plan. Make sure that his plan works for him. You know, if he wants $100,000 a year in income, to make sure, number one, before he retires, that he tests that out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if that's eighty three, thirty three a month after taxes, can he live off that, or is it really he needs one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year to live off of? So, making sure that you can live off of that, you're testing your plan, making sure that you're invested properly for your plan. Uh, mm-hmm. What rate of return do you need? I mean, is it a two percent rate of return, or is it a eight percent rate of return? Talking to a client today and. Literally, him and his wife literally only need about a 1% to 2% rate of return, projecting out for them to live past age 90. And longevity in their family is usually around 70, so uh, they don't think they're going to make it to 90. So there are a lot of different factors that go into this, but I think having that plan, having it tested, gives you comfort in times like these. And sounds like Phil needs to make sure that he's got his plan up to date. And it might be that if emotionally he can't handle the volatility around the markets, because we know all know markets are going to go up and go down, that he needs to look at a different option for himself and then what that means for the plan. I mean, it might mean that he can't have a hundred thousand dollars a year, he can only have seventy five or eighty. Right. If that's the case and he doesn't have to deal with the emotional side of the volatility of the market, does that make sense for him and his situation? So it's kind of a convoluted answer to a question that we hear all the time.
2: So it sounds like it's easy to get lost in this financial world. So. Oh, yeah. What would you have to say to people about that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's just like life. You know, Sharon, have you ever gotten lost? You ever been going somewhere and and gotten lost on the road somewhere? I know you're laughing. (laughs) Are you kidding? I got one of the
2: first GPS systems they ever had. (laughs) Pierce paid like $700 for it whenever it first came out, but I I saved that much in gas in the first week.
1: Yeah. Well, it is not much fun and it's, you know, and it's kind of the same way with a lot of our our clients and a lot of people we see when it comes to their retirement planning. You know, they've gotten lost and they don't know where they stand and they don't know how to get back or get to where they're going. And you know, there are a lot of reasons for that. One is they have bad tools. You know, in life as you mentioned, you get a GPS. But if you put in the wrong address in the GPS, guess what? You're not going to get to the place you want to go, right? Or you've got a, a compass that, you know, is taking you in a certain direction, north, south, east, or west, and it's not calibrated properly.
2: Okay,
1: um, you know, or you've got an Atlas map the old maps you know people used to use maps all the time and none of us ever do, <laughs> do anymore. people
2: even have those anymore I, <laughs> I threw I threw a whole drawer of maps away whenever I cleaned out daddy's house. He still had maps
1: well, and you know, I bet a lot of those maps that your dad had they hadn't been updated in a long time for new roads oh, well, and I'm sure, yeah, so very,
2: and- very good point.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the same in retirement planning. You know, we hear people say, you know, I I had an online retirement calculator that led me to do X, Y, and Z. Well, one, do you really know if that online retirement calculator is calibrated properly? Is it Mm -hmm. giving you the right information? Is it taking into account your particular situation? You know, another one that we see is, you know, a lot of 401k, 403b companies now will put these income projections on your statements. Have you seen those? Yeah. Yeah. And you go, gosh, man, they said, I'm going to be have I'm going to have $20,000 a month in retirement. Well, you know, a lot of them are giving you false impressions of your actual retirement income because they don't know. I mean, they're making some generalized assumptions in there. And you know, what assumptions are they using? How long they got me living? You know, what interest rate am I getting? How much inflation have they built in there? So Oh
2: my God. (laughs) It's a lot of variables.
1: A lot of variables. I mean, this is not this stuff is not cut and dry. I mean, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, it's not what, you know, your neighbor does or your your cousin or your brother or your sister. This is really a personal a very personal matter and you've got to know what works for you and your husband and your wife and you know what your goals are and it takes a lot of planning here
2: so tell us about what if I got some bad directions
1: yeah I mean you know in life and somebody gave you directions and they were they were wrong I mean that take you down the wrong path um mm-hmm. Or, you know, you might talk to somebody and they just want to mess with you, Sharon, and they they see that blonde hair of yours and think, you know what, I'm going to send her down the wrong path right now and put you in a place that you really didn't want to be. And in retirement planning, it's the same way. I mean... You know if you a broker who sold you a product that was more in his best interest than yours uh, um, and, and that would
2: never happen now
1: would it well i mean its <laughs> it still can it still can well
2: I mean, I'm being absolutely facetious here because yeah. I think that i mean it's off of commission, I would assume some of these products, and so they're just how did everything in two thousand and eight happen? With the banking industry, they were selling products that were in their best interest, not for the consumer's best interest.
1: Exactly. You're exactly right. And, you know, I mean, people need to be asking the folks that they're working with, you know, are you working on a best interest standard? You know, are you putting my interest ahead of yours? Are you a fiduciary? Mm -hmm. And if you're a fiduciary, then you've got to put the client's interest ahead of yours and selling them a product that's not in their best interest. You can be held liable for that. And, you know, I always hated the term broker uh, because it
2: just, I know, the nature I never of
1: it. About that. Yeah. I mean, what does a broker do? Well, they make you broker.
2: Oh, <laughs> my God. I never thought about that, but you're exactly uh, right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, but we see it all the time. I mean, we see clients who've been sold a bill of goods and, you know, somebody did something that wasn't in their best interest. With if they're not doing planning for you and they're not telling you exactly how you need to get to where you need to go, and updating and staying on top of this, they're not working in your best interest.
2: Yeah. So, what if you're just plain old not paying attention?
1: You know a lot of people there are a lot of people in that scenario for sure. I mean, if you ask people back in two thousand and eight or even probably right now you know about what their accounts are doing, what do you think they 'd say
2: i'm not looking, and that I'm includes me
1: <laughs> yeah you're one of those i mean I am, um, but you do need to pay attention i mean even when you're you're trying to get somewhere in life, if you miss a turn or an exit. You don't know where you're at at that point. I mean, I've been driving along before thinking a million things in my head, multiplying license plates, and just seriously drive by the place that I was supposed to get off. It's happened
0: to I me just multiple times. I did
2: that a couple of days ago. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I looked up and I had no idea where I was at. Thank God for GPS.
1: <laughs> Turn around. At the next exit. Yeah. Yeah, And, but in life, you know, sometimes it's hard to do that. And when you're planning your retirement, you need to pay attention. You need to do more than kind of a quick glance at your statements. You need to keep track of what you spend. And that's a very tough one because the more money people make, the less time.
2: the more money they spend, really. Exactly. And the less
1: time they spend budgeting and looking at this stuff. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you're exactly right. you know, one day, Sharon, you're going to retire. Or you're going to be forced to retire. I'm never going to retire. Well, you might be forced to retire. I mean, it Well, could be that hell. might happen. And you need to know, once the goose that laid the golden egg can't lay golden eggs anymore. In other words, you can't you're go to work. you talking about me? You can't go to work. <laughs> you're um, talking about me? I'm well, not calling you a goose, Sharon. But, you know, I mean, you know, think about it. Once your income stops, you've got to have a game plan for that. And a lot of people like you, you know, you don't want to stop working, but sometimes you have to stop working. Yeah, I do
2: agree. So let's say you've gotten off track. How do you get back on track?
1: Well, I think the first step in that process is determining where you are. Figure out, you know, where you're at. Understand how much money you have in your various accounts. What your money is invested in, what it's doing, and look at how much money you're going to get from income streams. That might be so security, you might mm-hmm. have a pension, uh, you know, I know in your case, you've got rental properties, you know how much money is that going to give you in retirement and so forth. So you know first is determine where you are.: Okay. And then you know the second step of this is deciding where you want to go.: Okay, and that's tough for people. Because if you ask the average person out there, what does retirement look like for you? I bet they haven't given it any time. They probably think more about their vacation than they do this.
2: You know, they say that we spend more time planning vacations than we do our retirement. But, you know, I've told you this story before. Whenever Pierce and I went to the IFNA meeting in Scotland a number of years ago, and that that's whenever we came to the realization and came home and sold our big house. That was too big for the two of us, but we're going through Heathrow airport and that airport is a small city. And we were having a little bit of trouble getting through the airport. Well, Pierce was having a little bit of trouble (laughs) getting through the airport and then you're pulling your luggage. And I said, what if we're, 70 and trying to do this yeah you know i want to travel now i don't want to wait until later and that house is an albatross i spend tons of time cleaning up and keeping it going and two and a half acres a yard that you have to mow what do you want to do you want a big old house or do you want to go places and so that's whenever we came home we met with you we we sold our house, and yeah, but we we gave it some thought. So, gosh, what was I then? Fifty one, maybe.
1: I can't believe you just said that on air.
2: Oh no! Right? Wow. And look it up now. Might as well say <laughs> it out loud.
1: But yeah, you're right. I mean, you guys, you put together a plan. You talked about it. You thought about, you know, what does the future look like? Or what if, you know, what if Pierce couldn't get out there and mow the grass? Or what if, you know, we couldn't clean this house I mean you're gonna to have to pay somebody to do it and if you know your kids are gone you had that big house with the swimming pool and all the stuff that made sense when you had your kids and that's right but it, it served didn't its sense. purpose yeah. but great its place purpose
2: was through
1: yeah I mean your kids had lots of parties there when you weren't there so
2: oh, uh, but that's another yes. story <laughs> that is another story so you need to get some help
1: yeah, you know, I would say make sure that you're getting help. I mean, because you need to know how much monthly income you're going to need in retirement, where the money's going to come from, you know, what What are you going to do for fun, and how much is that going to cost you? And if, you know, I know you and your situation, and do you want to leave a legacy? I mean, you know, do you want to leave something to the A&A Foundation, something to leave behind? We have a lot of clients who do that. You know, so all those things come into getting help because your expertise is giving anesthesia. Now, I'm not saying I don't want any CRNAs out there to get offended because there's CRNAs out there that do a great job financially and they know a lot about this stuff and they can do this stuff themselves, okay? There's a lot of people out there like that. But for the majority of CRNAs, it is not your forte. And I'll tell you a personal story. Even sometimes when I'm, Dealing with my own money, I have to ask a buddy or somebody down the hall at the office. Man, is this is this what you do? Because I am emotionally tied to my money. Yeah, sure. I know how hard I've had to work to get my money, Mm -hmm. but I can make decisions about other people's money, and I do every day—hundreds of millions of dollars every day—and not give it a second thought.
2: It's kind of the same. I mean, when I put somebody to sleep. You know, I think it's just another day. Yeah, second nature. Whenever I'm the one being, when I'm the one on the table, it's a little bit different.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Number one, I love having (laughs) anesthesia.
1: (laughs) You shouldn't tell people that.
2: (laughs) No, man, I love it. That's why I love my job too.
1: Um,
2: But I understand where you're coming from in that regard. you it's emotional whenever it's it's you
1: yeah yeah and it is i mean you know how we have people who love to manage their own money but they come to us and pay us to look over their situation and just make sure they're making prudent decisions i mean so whatever capacity of help you need in this area especially as you age make sure you're getting that find somebody that you can trust
2: Well, I mean, you get a physical every year. You get a checkup. Why do we not get financial checkups every year? Which reminds me, it's time for Pierce and I to come in for our checkup. Yeah. Just don't make it a colonoscopy.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> we might want to wait a couple months. Here. Uh, <laughs> I know, right. I hadn't worked in a while. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, all that being said, I think the idea here is is just just knowing or developing a plan for what you want and how you're going to be able to get there and then how you're going to stay on track. And I think that just kind of summarizes all this up. Because it is it is difficult, and most people, this is just not their forte. And what I've also found is that a lot of people, when they're younger and they don't have as much, they can do this stuff on their own. And a lot of them try to do that, and that's that's mm-hmm. fine. But as you get older and it starts to matter and mean more, what I find is that one people second-guess the decisions they're making, they get more nervous about investing, and the mm-hmm. you know the COVID ride down of the market or a 2008 like event, and they tend to make irrational decisions and emotional decisions. So make sure you're getting some help, and with somebody you can trust and has your best interest at heart. Make sure that they're a fiduciary as well. So
2: well, those are some good concluding comments, and I would assume that people during this COVID crisis have have had this more on their mind than usual just because you've had some free time to think about everything versus getting up in the morning and just having your usual toil (laughs) grind whatever it is you call it so I bet there's been a lot of people thinking about this so I'm sure they'll appreciate this information
1: yeah well I'm sure this for the CRNA community has somewhat been a wake-up call because you you guys are generally insulated from a lot of things that go on economically because, let's face it, people need surgery and they're going to continue surgery. Not that your industry is not cyclical because it it very much is, but I don't think any CRNA saw this this coming. You know, the fact that they they stopped all elective surgeries around the country. I mean, what would, I mean, who would have thought that could have ever happened? I mean, especially when you look at the, and you see these hospitals that are suffering now, but I mean, 70 to 80% of revenue from most hospitals come from elective surgery directly from nurse anesthetists. But it's been a wake-up call. I mean, it can happen and you need to have your financial house in order. And I've I've been preaching this for years. Yes, you Um, have. And this industry is going to change moving forward. If there's one thing that's constant, it's change. And it's going to change. CRNA salaries eventually are going to change. I think there's going to be a lot of change coming up in the next 10, 15 years that CRNAs better pay attention to. Well,
2: final words of wisdom.
1: Yep. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. What do you think? I'm with you. But uh, in our viewers' time,
2: time to go cook supper for my husband, and he never thought he'd <laughs> hear that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to let our viewers know about the shirt you have on today. No. <laughs> Sharon has on this bright red shirt, and on the front of it, it looks like it's bedazzled, and it says "blonde" on it. So <laughs>
2: it's backwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I think that's pretty funny. So all right we want to thank our listeners for listening to beyond the mass with jeremy stanley and Sharon Pierce. if you like our show want to know more check out our other episodes on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review but only if it's
2: positive
1: there's enough negativity out there right sharon
2: yes there is
1: all right until next time
2: it's a wrap
0: Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.